Courtney Clapp, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Clapp Co. Podcast. Think of me as your virtual goal coach. I'm here to cheer you on as you put in the work on your next goal. It's been said that efficiency is kind of my superpower, and I want to share that superpower with you. Join me each week as I share answers to your questions about all things productivity, momentum, goal setting, efficiency, organization, and some good old-fashioned motivation as we chase our goals together. This is the Clap Code Podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Clap Co. I say good morning today because it is 6.45 and we are recording a podcast for you this morning. We wanted to get it out this week, so 6.45 on a Wednesday morning is when we had time, so we're glad to be having our coffee with you this morning. And I had mentioned earlier that I was actually going to be the podcast guest today, so I am not going to be the host, I'm going to be the guest. And the host will be no one other than the ever-fabulous Ben Clapp, my very own husband. So glad that you can be joining us this morning, Ben. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Welcome to another episode of the Clap Co. Podcast. How did I do? Good. <laughs> good. It's off to a good start. All right. So far, so good. Okay. <laughs> so, Courtney, how are you doing and uh, feeling this morning about being a guest? Good. It's going to be different, that's for sure, but I'm excited to be interviewed and I'm excited to share um, about my most recent goal. So I'm really looking forward to it. Let's just jump right in. Okay. What's been going on with your goals lately? Okay, great question. So, I have had a few goals that I have been working on, but the main one that took center stage for the last couple of months was that I have always wanted to be a bar instructor. Now, for those of you who don't know what bar is, it is a type of exercise class. It is a fitness program and basically it's it's similar to like Pilates and ballet and um, some cardio elements and I mean it's just a bunch of things together and so I have been taking bar for about seven years and I really wanted to be an instructor and so I started the process to do that. How did that process start? Well, it started back in March. I I had been going to class, you know, probably four or five times a week, and I just had so much fun while I was there. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to send them an email, and I'm going to see if they need additional instructors, because I knew that someone was going to be having a baby soon, and someone else was having to take a leave. And so I thought, well, maybe this would be a good time. So I just sent them an email, and I had no idea what would happen, but then they responded back with, Oh yeah, of course they would love to have an interview with me. And what has been unexpected and what has been expected on this goal journey? That is a great question. So let's start with the expected. What has gone as you expected it would go? Okay. <laughs> well, I I guess I would say that the four-day training went how I would expect. It was four whole days of training via Zoom, and um, that was a really super fun thing to get to be a part of. 
And then I guess you could say the rest of it was pretty unexpected. Okay. Uh, there must be a story there. What went, I don't want to say wrong, but what was unexpected? What didn't work in your goal journey? Yeah. So I did not expect how long it would take. So let me just paint a little bit of a picture of how it's supposed to go, how this certification process is supposed to go. So you do, you know, you interview with your studio and they decide if they want to hire you. So I had those couple of interviews and then you go to a four day training via Zoom. It is usually in person, but because of COVID times, it was in Zoom, which actually was great. And then after that, you are supposed to have four weeks to do something that's called a test out video. And so what that looks like is you basically memorize an entire Pure Bar class. And I forgot to say that the bar studio that I'm working with is called Pure Bar. There's plenty of bar studios all across the nation. So I'm sure people have probably heard about it. Studio Bar, there's Bar 3, there's Bar Method. But this is clearly the the most pure (laughs) bar. This is my favorite kind of bar. I've taken a lot of different kinds, and I think Pure Bar is my favorite format. Um, And I'm not just saying that because I'm an instructor. I actually think um, that is very true for me. But um, anyway, so then you do this thing called the test out video. And it's a whole class that you memorize from start to finish. So you memorize the warm-up, the weight work, the thigh work, the seat work, the core work, all those things, and the cool down. And then you lead a couple of people through it. And basically what this is is it's, you know, communicating to corporate, which is who you send it to once you've filmed it, it's communicating to them that you know the material. You're demonstrating that you understand it, that you know how it's supposed to be used and when it's supposed to be used. And then that is when you get the okay to start teaching at your local studio. All right. So break it down for us bar novices, uh, bar infants. (laughs) Basically, there's... the classes are like what fifty minutes? Yes, something 50, like that. Five zero. Five zero. Um, and how many different separate like exercises are in this whole routine? Well, and it's set to music, isn't it? Yes. So you're kind of like a workout DJ. Yes. Transitioning, you're you're curating a playlist, then you're mm-hmm. transitioning to the playlist, keeping on beat, mm-hmm. as well as telling people how to set up their bodies for to do these exercises, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you know, belting out encouragements to them. It sounds very complex. Yes. Okay. So I will break it down for everybody here. So basically, there's some equipment that you need. Let me just set the stage. So imagine these things with me. Close your eyes if you want, but don't if you're driving or if it's unsafe. Pull over if you're driving. Yeah. So that you can or close just your eyes. pause this and listen to it later. No, don't pause. Just pull over. <laughs> pull over right now. Basically, there's the studio. So you walk into the lobby. There's some beautiful merchandise there. There's a nice friendly person to greet you at the front of the room. And then what you do is you put on something that we call sticky socks. And basically, it's socks that have little sticky, like grippy, um, grippy things on the bottom side of them. And so you wear those into the studio. If you grew up in the 80s or 90s, I think you know what those kind of socks are. But these are a much smaller <laughs> 
So you wear the socks into the studio. And then when you get into the studio, there's usually mirrors on all sides. Every studio is a little bit different, but there's mirrors. There's, you know, some really cool signage on the wall talking about Pure Bar. And then there's a bar in the center of the room, a wooden bar. Like a ballerina bar. Yes, exactly. Is that what they call that? You know, I don't know what they call it. We'll we'll say that is what they call it. Okay, ballerina bar, that's what we're calling it. So basically that goes around the center of the room. And is anchored on there in such a way that multiple people can pull off of it at the same time. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. So there's this bar. There's this really awesome but soft like flooring. It's not quite carpet, but it's not hardwood flooring. Mm. And then what you do from there is you grab your equipment. So you grab a tiny little ball. It's maybe like six inches in diameter. And then you grab red tubes. So these are two red tubes that are hooked together so it can become one tube with additional resistance or two separate tubes oh got it so two links on a chain two links on a chain exactly and then you grab your weights so we have weights that are two pounds three pounds and five pounds and you may say why do you have such tiny little baby weights and to that question i would say well it's because you're going to be very tired from the work that you do with those weights you're not going to need any more weight because from what I've observed and experienced, it seems like bars a lot more about small, uh, maybe not rapid, but small mm-hmm. controlled movements mm-hmm. instead of these large, yes, you know, crazy things, right? Yes, and and it's accumulation of all these small movements that really wears you out. Yes, so it's trying to fatigue the muscles, right? So. Um, once that they are fatigued, then that's when you experience the change in the muscle and then your muscle rebuilds itself to become really a different shape when you are on the other side of that soreness, right? So, And hopefully that shape is swole <laughs> and toned, right? <laughs> that's what we're going for, yes. All right. That's what we're going for. So you bring those three pieces of equipment, the ball, the tube, the weights, with you to your spot at the bar, all right? And then what you do from there, you wait for the instructor who then starts the class. And class is happening to an incredible playlist and it's different every single time. So people from Pure Bar Corporate make these playlists and they are set to the beat of the music or of the exercise. The music is set to the beat of the exercise that you are gonna be doing. And so you're really looking to stay on the beat the entire time you hear our beautiful little kitty this morning she's yeah, getting curious you might hear her yeah. <laughs> she's she's, like, she's trying to do some bar right now she's like why are you not giving me all of your attention um so the music is set for the exercises which i just think is incredible so you start with a warm-up which just looks like warming up all of your body you're trying to get your arms your legs your core your back your shoulders everything warmed up and then you go right into tricep work so After tricep work, you go to a little bit of weight work. And I shouldn't say a little bit because it's not a little bit. It's a pretty pretty thorough weight work. And it's a focus on your arms in this moment, right? And so then you go to a sequence that is three. It's three different songs. And those three songs are for thigh work. So you're working the inside of your thighs, the outside of your thighs, the top of your thighs, all of those things in these different songs and these different exercise moves. 
and then you transition on to seat work which is two different songs now these are long songs they're not like three minutes long most of the time they're you know five to seven minutes long and then after that you take a stretch you get into your core work there are four different moves that you do for core just trying to get all of the different angles of your core worked out in that you know opportunity right there and then you move on to a little bit of back stabilization and balance work and then um, finally some bridges at the end and you stretch and that is it 50 minutes goes by really fast well that sounds very complex i've already lost myself uh, but <laughs> i'm so glad that you understand it so let's get back to the goal right so i think everyone now understands a little bit more about what it's like and you could always youtube it as well but so back to this test out video you had to submit you know you had four weeks initially i believe you said to initially submit this test out video to corporate to kind of prove that you know how to lead a class is that correct yes that's correct so what went wrong <laughs> or what was unexpected about that you know I am so glad that this process didn't go perfectly. So yes, I, first of all, took longer than the four weeks. So the four weeks is what is kind of their philosophy of how long it should take. They give you, um, really they call it a roadmap, and basically it's what you should be doing all four of the weeks to be able to pass this video in time. And so it took me longer than four weeks. And part of that is because I took several different trips. I think I took five different trips. Um, I had, you know, girls weekends, we had our anniversary trip, I had a wedding shower, I had just a bunch of things going on, some road trips, some were flying, and that just ended up making it really hard for me to get into the studio consistently and practice and prepare for this test out video. So I didn't end up filming my test out video until, let's see, the third week of June. So that would mean already at that point it had taken me two months. And, you know, they, they change the choreo every so often. So if I took too much longer, I was potentially going to have to learn all new choreo. Mm. And so that was an incentive for me to like get it done as soon as possible. Do you, let me, let me stop you there. Do you thrive under a, a kind of a, a threat of change <laughs> like that? Do you, like a, a schedule, you know, deadline? Do, is that good for you with goals or does that just stress you out more? You know, I don't think I thrive under it. I think I get a little bit frantic, to be honest. And so, yeah, it just, so I filmed it. I filmed the first time, right? And I felt pretty prepared, as prepared as I could be. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, you send it to corporate and they're supposed to let you know within five business days if you have passed this video. And so I was just like eagerly awaiting. And of course you aced it, right? So no, I did not. Um, what? <laughs> you have to get at least 80% proficiency on this test. And I think I clocked in at like 75. So I was just right underneath the threshold. But I was pretty bummed. Close, and so Close but no cigar. Yeah. And so, and this is really what I honestly wanted to share with our listeners today is that, um, you know, oftentimes when you are working towards a goal, setbacks will happen, right? Like things you know, within or outside of your control will happen and you have to decide how you will respond to whatever has happened. And so I, I wanted to tell you how I responded. So this is what it looked like 
I received that news on a Friday afternoon. I was sitting outside in the sun and um, the lead instructor who had been working with me, she let me know, you know, what had happened and said, Hey, let's, let's, you know, get back in the studio and practice and get this test out video passed. You're so close. And I was, you know, home by myself. And I thought that just stinks like that totally stinks. And so I had a moment, probably 10, 10 minutes, um, where I just cried. I cried about it and I had a little pity party and you know, I was bummed after all that time I had spent and then you have to set up a class where some people attend and so I felt bad that I had asked these people to be there for a class and now I found out I didn't pass. So I was going to have to ask them a second time and mm. you know, I was just feeling like, man, I don't want to be wasting my time um, but I also just need to pass this. I've worked so hard and so, you know, just kind of feeling, you know, everyone who's listening knows that feeling, right? When you've worked so hard for something and it still wasn't quite good enough for what it needed to be. And so I took those, you know, five to 10 minutes and I just let myself cry and let myself feel sad and bummed out and, you know, annoyed and just all those feelings that come with um, mm. disappointment. And then after that, I, you know, got back to the lead instructor and I said, all right, when are you free to get in the studio this weekend? Like, let's get in the studio ASAP. I'm, I'm ready to like get back on the horse, figuratively speaking. Let me, let me pause right there. Cause I think that is important for our listeners to understand that kind of inflection point that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, when decision was made, because let me ask you this, were you tempted to blame other people like, and say, well, it was the training it was, you know, situations outside my control, you know, mm -hmm. is that like a temptation that you face when you um, miss or a goal or a deadline or something like that? Yes. And how did you um, push past those things and move forward? Mm -hmm. Great question. So, you know, my first thought was, okay, I did this training over Zoom. Most teachers get to do it in person. Maybe that's why I'm feeling behind, you know, or not quite proficient in this material. Maybe that's why. Or, you know, here I've been practicing at the studio by myself, studio by myself, or maybe I needed, um, I had maybe one or two people who would join me on occasion, but I thought, you know, maybe I needed more people to be able to know how to, how to work a room that's full of people when I'm teaching this class, right? Or I thought maybe, okay, maybe I scheduled too many trips, right? Like maybe I had divided attention for too long this summer or, um, I don't know. I mean, I just tried to think of like the reasons that th I could have failed the test. Any reason I could possibly find. So let me ask you this. What's the difference in your opinion between looking, reflecting in a more constructive way? Like, okay, uh, these things might have gotten in my way. So as I prepare to re-engage with this goal, I'm going to change my approach mm -hmm. versus looking back and kind of complaining and saying, well, it's X, Y, and Z reason, and it's not my fault, mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to throw a pity party or give up uh, because it's too hard. What's the difference and uh, for our listeners to understand? Yeah, that's, that's such a great point. So I think the main thing is naming those setbacks, disappointments, discouragements, whatever it is, naming what has actually happened, like facing reality, and even though it's painful, and I think that's why most people don't do it, is because it's painful. It's painful to look at reasons why you have failed something or fallen short. 
And I think just looking at them, naming them, and like just facing them, and then being able to take responsibility for what you can do something about and what you can't do anything about. So for example, I couldn't do anything about the fact that my training was on Zoom. Yeah, I wish I could have had an in-person training, but like there's a lot of things that we all wish could have been different in the last, you know, year and a half. And so I just, as I looked at that one, I thought, okay, there's literally nothing I can do about that, right? Like I can do something about how many hours I spend practicing in the studio, or I can do something about, you know, trying to find ways to improve my technique. Like maybe I could record my classes with an audio recorder on my phone and then listen back to them and hear the ways that maybe I'm not making the transitions correct, or maybe I'm not quite on beat with the music or things like that. So I think in that moment, I was able to think, okay, here's what I'm responsible for. Here's what I have zero control over. And then the things that I am responsible for, just really take those into consideration and make a good plan moving forward. So what that looked like was I contacted the lead teacher um, once I had had a moment to process that. And then I was able to say, okay, when are you free to get, can you meet me in the studio? Like, can you get into the studio with me and can we go through this? And I just really want your feedback. So I kind of kicked it up a notch with how much feedback I was able to, you know, receive and process. Because mm. sometimes to just get feedback when you're starting out can be really exhausting and, and you know, just hard to process. And so we were gone that weekend. Uh, ben and I were out of town that weekend, but we got back you know, a couple days later, and I think it was 4th of July, Monday, so July 5th, I guess, and I was like, all right, when can you be in the studio? And I think I spent like five or six hours in the studio that day, and I just was like, okay, let's do this. Like, I want to do this right now. Awesome. So it looks like there was some support that you had as well. Mm -hmm. How important is uh, feedback, support, challenge, in this journey and what is the difference between helpful feedback and unhelpful feedback? Yes. So I did have a lot of support. Um, I had several different friends who would meet me at the studio and oftentimes I would, you know, maybe bribe them and say, Hey, I'll bring the coffee if you meet me at the studio and I want to, you know, have you in the room to have as like a client that I can kind of practice on. And so I had these friends that would meet me there, you know, sometimes like nine o'clock at night we'd meet because we'd have to meet when no one was taking class at the studio, right? So middle of the day, late at night, I even brought Ben in there a couple of times. I brought my family in there. They practiced with me. Um, and so I had that kind of support and that was really helpful, especially the last two weeks. Um, one of my friends in particular, she met me at the studio like three days in a row and was like, all right, we're passing this video. Like, what do you need to pass this video? And that's honestly exactly what I needed because I was starting to just be tired from working on the same thing for, at this point, it had been almost three months. Because after I didn't pass the video, I had to keep working a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so, support, that was your question, right? Yeah, and then what's the difference between like, you know, support that is helpful and support maybe that's a little too much or not helpful? Yeah, you're talking about more like the feedback, right? Yeah, and feedback, right, yeah. not support, I guess. Yeah, so something I really learned in this process was how, I think I learned how to better take feedback and especially constructive criticism um, because I had to, you know, really lay myself open and be vulnerable with the people that I was practicing with. And then I had to say, okay, what am I doing wrong? What's not happening right here in this sequence? Why am I not quite getting on the beat you know, why am I not describing this exercise correctly or whatever? 
And I had to just be like, all right, tell me the feedback. And so I think of all the times in my life, I was like the most receptive to feedback in this experience. And, you know, one of the reasons for that was because I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to pass the test out video. I really wanted to accomplish this goal of mine that I've had for a long time. And so I was willing to, you know, be in that learner's posture for as long as I needed to be. Awesome. All right, bring it, bring us home, continue after you got back on the horse, Mm -hmm. got some more people around you, more feedback, more Mm -hmm. clarity than how'd the rest of the journey go? Yes. So I basically spent the next five days in the studio and I filmed, you know, the end of the following week and I had even more people in my video. I had three people that took my class for the test out video. The first time I had five people for the second one and they were all instructors, which is a little bit nerve wracking if you're a brand new teacher to have instructors who've been teaching like, you know, upwards of a decade in there in your class Um, but they were so supportive and so I was really thankful for that and then yeah I filmed the class we submitted it to corporate that very day and then I took off on one of my final trips of the summer where I was gone for two weeks Um, and so then I just had to wait at that point I was just waiting and I got news a couple of days like four days after that I had passed and this time in fact my score went from a 75 the first time to a 95. Mm. So that was an incredibly joyous moment and I you know I was able to do a lot of reflecting and a lot of um, just thinking through this whole experience because from the time I started training till the time I passed my video it ended up being closer to three months and that is you know three times the amount of time that they prefer it take you and so Instead of being hard on myself, I really wanted to integrate what I had learned, what I had learned in this process. And I realized that, you know, this, with this in particular, you know, fitness instructing program, this was my chance to learn. This was my chance to learn the information, to integrate it, to implement it, to have feedback, more feedback than I'll probably ever have going forward. And so I really wanted to engage with it. And so actually not passing that first time was the best thing that could have happened to me. Because hmm. a lot of people maybe only would pursue a goal when the the outcome is certain. Mm-hmm. Um, we, that's human nature for a lot of people. We don't want to fail. We don't want to, especially with social media and things where when we announce something to our, you know, following. Uh, we don't want to say, well, never mind. Mm-hmm. I am changing my mind. You know, and again, mm-hmm. we, when we reflect perhaps and say, well, this person changed their mind and I don't look down on them for that. But what, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about yourself sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. So it sounds like it was a positive experience to intentionally do something and, and double down in that process when you encountered, mm-hmm. uh, that you didn't know and you failed at mm-hmm. something and, you know, even people sometimes don't want to say, I failed at something. You want mm-hmm. to say, I learned something, which you obviously did, but like, it's okay yeah. to use the F word for that I, you know, fell short and I yeah. failed at something. <laughs> so, so uh, any other final like lessons um, that you'd want to just make sure that our listeners understand about that process? Yeah, well, I, I ended up just really trying to take a different approach with this, you know, not passing of the test this first time. Failing. Failing. Sorry. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) 
Um, I really wanted to take a different approach because I wanted to see how what was happening wasn't just happening to me, but was actually happening for me. And so I really wanted to engage with what that looked like. And as I got the feedback the first time from the teacher, you know, who graded my, they call it a master trainer um, at Peer Bar. As I got the feedback from that master trainer, it was actually really helpful. Mm. It was incredibly helpful. And, you know, sometimes someone else saying something a different way just mm. makes like so much more sense to your brain. And so I like took her feedback and I really, really implemented it because I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, why wasn't I doing that? That makes sense. Or maybe it was things I, you know, didn't quite realize I needed to be doing, or maybe I totally missed in the training. And so that was really helpful. So when I filmed the video the second time, I got the feedback back from the second video and whoever, you know, graded my video, she was like, wow, you really implemented, you know, the feedback that you got last Mm. time. And that is so to your benefit. And so Mm. that made me really glad because it, it made me feel like I, I'm actually learning from this experience, right? I'm taking the feedback. I'm not becoming too discouraged and disheartened to continue on, but I'm able to actually take what I'm learning, move forward. And that is such a great thing. And so it really just was my perspective that I I wanted to be in this place of valuing the process because after this is taking longer than one month, after it was taking longer than two months, I was like, okay, so this is a process, literally a process. Like the outcome now feels so far away and I need to navigate showing up in this process as opposed to just needing the outcome to be here. And so I think that's really what ended up happening is I just became, I began, I began to value the process so much, maybe even more than the outcome, because now, now I'm teaching, I'm teaching pure bar and it's totally different than what I experienced these last three months as I prepared to become an instructor. Mm. I just want to highlight that again, in case people missed it, that, you know, it's just something so cool when you didn't pass that first time, you got so much more feedback. And then, mm-hmm. so instead of like, you can, let's say you got it and you saw that with the quantitative numbers as well as the qualitative mm-hmm. grading as well. You know, you could have barely, they could have maybe like fudged the numbers like a tiny bit and said, okay, 75, let's round up to 80. Right. And they totally boom, could have. Bada boom, bada bang. And you know, like, yeah, we're just corporate. I'm sure they do. It's a little bit more lax, you know, or some at the local studio maybe, or you know, you there's a, a million ways you could justify mm-hmm. kind of a sort of thing. But as annoying as that is to be so close and to still miss, that propelled you to even higher mm-hmm. uh, learning and growth. That's, that's not going to just benefit you, but it's going to benefit your whole practice and your yes. whole. So that, what an interesting situation mm-hmm. um of having that not passing actually propelled you into something greater yeah in the future it totally did it totally did so i felt like i really made the most of that experience and then what happened after that was i came back from my two week vacation and i started teaching immediately and now that has also been a new type of learning curve because now I'm, now I have clients in the room, which is so different than when I was practicing by myself all those months. And so now it's like I'm getting to learn different parts of, you know, the same kind of, what is it, different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I'm learning these different parts about how to teach that are a little bit different than what I had to do to pass, you know, to become an instructor. But now I'm able to actually start implementing that. 
And so that's been really super fun. I think I've taught so far. Let's see, I'm teaching two classes this morning. So I think this will be class number 12 and 13. So Mm. still very, very new to teaching and still not perfect at teaching. And I think that's one thing that I thought would happen. I thought if I pass this test that video, like if I get a really good score, I'm going to be like really good at teaching. Mm. But the reality is now I'm learning new choreo for most of these classes. And so my learning curve is still going really straight up at this point. And I'm reminded again of what I learned in the process of this test out video and becoming certified in the first place is that it's it's really about the process. It's not about the outcome or the certification or like the letters behind your name or whatever it is. It's about the process to get to where you're going and then continuing on once you've got there to continue to improve and get better and deepen what information you already have. Hmm. It's cool to just, you kind of think, oh, this will be wrapped up in four weeks and I'll be a perfect instructor. Mm-hmm. But isn't it cool to embrace the process mm-hmm. where you're going to learn a lot more than what you would have in even in that quote unquote perfect mm-hmm. scenario. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Courtney, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, As we wrap up, you know, we always ask the same sort of questions to all of our guests uh, at the end. Uh, What's your coffee order? Okay, I have a ridiculous coffee order. Your girl, she likes a iced coconut milk latte with one pump of sugar-free coconut flavoring because I need all the coconut in my coffee. Mm. (laughs) I love it. Uh... Second, what is something that inspires you? Oh, yes. I love this question. And previous guests on this podcast have had really, really good answers. So if you haven't listened to the episodes prior to this, feel free to check those out. What inspires me? I would say people who work really hard towards their goals in addition to managing their perspectives. So the people that I think of right now is athletes. I love, I love hearing stories about athletes and people, part of teams, you know, the Olympics are going on. So I think that's, what's bringing it to the front of my mind, but people who just work really hard for something that they love. I love what sports bring to our world. Hmm. If there's one piece of advice that you want our listeners to take away from this conversation, what is it? So good. I would say to just start in the direction that you want to go and to be okay with things not turning out perfectly. I think the need for perfection holds back a lot of people in all areas of life because if they can't do it perfectly, they don't want to do it at all. But my advice and encouragement to you would be to do it imperfectly and to start, just to start. Don't let perfection get in the way of the process. Yes, Yep, your greatest enemy to the process is perfectionism. Mm. So just name that from the beginning and get started and, you know, be okay with what where that takes you. I like it. Courtney, where can people find you if they're trying to engage more with you or some of the wisdom that you're sharing? Yes, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there or on Instagram. Court Happens is my personal and the Clap Co. is where... I post about things like this very podcast. Website, newsletter, any of that sort of stuff? Yes, so website, theclapco.com. It's got some blog posts on there. It's got 
places you can sign up for a consultation if you're interested in any goal coaching. And then additionally, there is a sign up for a newsletter on there. And that usually goes out about twice a month. I've been taking a little summer break, but that usually goes out twice a month and just kind of shares the things that are happening at the Clap Co. And just some useful information that you can apply to your life. So it's a good thing to sign up for. Awesome. Hey, Courtney, thanks so much for sharing and being uh, so open to share the process with us on this morning. Thanks again to our listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Clap Co. Podcast. See you later.